0: Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to WTBR Sports Talk at 89.7 FM right here in downtown Pittsfield. Robbie Zucker with you for another hour of sports right here on a Tuesday. And let me tell you something. I was out last week, and it's good to be back right here at WTBR. Our number to call, 413-445-4234. That's 413-445. Manny, <laughs> Mariana Rivera, Nolan Ryan, 4234-413-445-4234. So where do I start this week? I mean, there's so much going on. I guess we're going to start with baseball, um, with the Red Sox Yankees and the Mets. What a crazy weekend, folks. And I guess we'll start with the Hall of Fame introductions tonight with Derek Jeter and Larry Walker and the late, great Marvin Miller, who brought so much to free agency into baseball. I guess that's the reason why now that the, uh, the players and the owners can't come up with a salary cap, probably because of Marvin Miller, but that's okay. He contributed a lot to free agency and really changed sports um, for, I guess, for worse, for better or for worse, I guess you could say. Maybe worse, better for the players, maybe worse for the fans, perhaps, um, you know. We'll see. But anyway, 445-4234, the number to call. Let's start with the Hall of Fame. First of all, the idea of putting this on a Wednesday night is kind of strange, but uh, usually a Sunday would be good. But uh, we'll talk about Derek Jeter. First of all, Derek Jeter, well, what can you say about the guy over 3,700 hits and a New York Yankee, obviously, being being myself a Yankee fan and uh, just uh, a great uh, player and uh, led by example. Let's put it that way. If you want to have a example of a guy who led by example, that's Derek Jeter. Never really said too much, never said too much for the press, never su- said too much that was controversial. And when he was booed at one time, he said, well, basically, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he felt uh, fans deserve to boo you if you don't play well. So, and uh, I'm not really going to get into with the Mets and the whole thumbs down booing thing because it's a bunch of nonsense. But I just want to say that Derek Jeter obviously belongs in the Hall of Fame and uh, I'm glad he's going in tonight and uh, well-deserved. Larry Walker, hmm, well... I have my own opinion of Larry Walker and want to get your opinions too on the Hall of Fame and at 413 445 4234. Larry Walker to me is an inflated number ball player. Now, he had 2,300 hits, I believe, and uh, a lifetime batting edge of average of 313. A five 2 player who could steal bases and hit for power, hit for average. And I mean, if you look at his numbers and you look at the 313 batting average in his career, you'd say, yeah, you can make a case for that. Personally, you know, a lot of people get inflated numbers in Colorado. So, To me, you know, (laughs) the other day I said, Ruth, Mantle, you know, Mays, Aaron, and I'm going, Walker? Okay, (laughs) you know, Walker, all right. It sounds kind of strange, but I'll get your calls at uh, 445-4234. You can talk about that or anything else you want to talk about. So let's talk about the New York Yankees weekend first and about the team. Okay, losing two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles, was pretty sad especially when the Orioles were 50 games under 500 had lost 19 in a row and the Yankees decide that they're going to go on vacation with their pitching staff for a three game series now, they're even lucky they won the first game which went to 11 innings I mean to have to take Baltimore to 11 innings is pretty ridiculous to begin with but uh, to lose two games one in which they lost in extra innings because Aroldis Chapman just can't get it done right now and the loss of Jonathan Loisega is a huge factor for this team. I mean, a huge factor. When you consider all the players right now that have come out of that bullpen with consistency this year, it's been Jonathan Luizaga. So the bullpen is extremely taxed. And right now, I don't know. You can throw you know 40 million names uh, up in the air, but there's some serious problems right now with the Yankees because this team had rattled off 13 in a row. If you look at their 13 in a row, you could break it down and say, well... They won 13 in a row, and it's important. A win is a win and so forth. But then you have to realize who they played, and you have to realize also the team's schedule. So the Yankees played the Chicago White Sox. They won two games in that series. That was the start of it right after the Tim Anderson walk-off home run in the field of corn, which, by the way, the players tried to eat and were unsuccessful by eating it and spitting it out because they didn't realize it was fuzzing sweet corn, you know. So, um, so first, they win two games against the White Sox. Okay, the White Sox are a good team, but we have to also understand that the White Sox play 76 games in their division against subpar 500 teams. Okay. Next, they went home and they played the Angels, the lousy Angels. Okay, the Mike Troutless Angels. And uh, they won 2-1 to one in a game. All right. Now, the next series that they played, they went over to, just looking at my notes here, they played the Boston Red Sox at home, who, I, who they hadn't won a game from pretty much all year. At the time, the Red Sox were in a two-week slump where the offense was just not scoring runs. So the Yankees won three straight, basically escaping against Boston in three games in which the Red Sox were coming off a terrible, terrible slump. Next, three against Minnesota, one of the worst teams in the American League. And then, two against the Atlanta Braves. Now, the Atlanta Braves have been coming off a nine-game winning streak at the time. Except the nine wins were against Miami, the Nationals, and the Orioles. Three of the worst teams in the league. So you're saying to me, wow, the Atlanta Braves beat up on those teams? Wow, I'm so impressed. And then, the Yankees went out to Oakland and won one game against the A's. Actually, they split in that four-game series, but the first game they won – Oakland had lost three in a row. So what I'm saying basically is you're never as good as you are and you never are as bad as you are. And this Yankee team is a mystery. If Stanton and Judge do not hit, they are in big trouble. Joey Gallo, let's talk about this guy, okay? I call him the human fly swatter. I mean, this guy just misses. Yesterday, the golden sombrero with four strikeouts. This is a guy in his career that has struck out 19 times in his career. He struck out four times in a game and Boone, this knucklehead, and we can talk about this too. This knucklehead decides that he's going to put a guy up who's basically batting about a buck 25 since he came over from Texas and is hitting like a cool like 0.89 in his last 17 games and Boone decides he was going to bat him second. Where in the heck is baseball gone? A man who strikes out as many times as Joey Gallo, what is he trying to do? Well, according to Boone, I guess they're trying to get him at bats in front of Aaron Judge so they can throw fastballs down the middle. Well, they do, and he misses them. (laughs) This is a guy who walks a lot. That's why they put him up there. Yes, OPS. And I hate OPS, folks. I really hate OPS. I mean, so the guy walks. Does he steal bases? No. Okay, so we saw the injuries to Gio And to Gleyber Torres, who, by the way, should never play shortstop. These guys were out for a while. So, inserted. Bronx-born boy, Andrew Velasquez, bringing a little pizzazz to the the Yankees, a little speed to the Yankees, and a really good gold-glove shortstop. Ruggio Dorr, bringing a little enthusiasm, a little power from the left side, a couple of home runs, you know, bringing some enthusiasm. Tyler Wade, bringing speed and stolen bases. When the Yankees won 13 in a row, they were stealing bases. They were playing with enthusiasm. They weren't grounding into double plays. So let's return, folks. For the last seven out of nine, the old-fashioned them out base base-to-base, boring Yankees who ground into 40 double plays a game. And it's just ridiculous. If I am Aaron Boone, I am never, ever playing Labor Torres at shortstop. You want to play him at any other position like second base, that's fine with me because that's what he is. You want to put him in a DH role one day, that's fine. Never, never, never do I ever want to see this guy ever playing the position of shortstop. It is absolutely ridiculous. The other day, he double-pumps in a game where they were winning 5-2. Uh, to two. With two outs, he double-pumps. The man's safe at first base. Next thing you know, Cedric Mullins comes up, who's a wonderful player for the Orioles, and just jukes one right in the right-field seats. And that's it. 5-4. And the Orioles scored four runs, ladies and gentlemen, against that great acquisition <laughs> from the Angels, Andrew Haney. You would be better off having Mr. Haney from Green Acres rather than this guy. This guy's ERA is seven already, practically. I don't understand the fascination with Andrew Haney. Louis Giel came up from the minors, pitched outstanding, I believe 15 in the third innings of shutout baseball. And he's in the minors. How does this make any sense at all? How does this make sense, folks? It doesn't. It really doesn't. I want to hear from you. 413-445-4234. That's 413-445-4234. As I say, Mariano, Nolan Ryan right here on a Tuesday. Uh, By the way, everybody hope hope they had a great Labor Day weekend. And uh, I had a pretty good weekend myself. Went to a wonderful party the other night. It was great. Lots of music. And today, obviously, is Rosh Hashanah, and usually I don't work on Russia Hashanah, but I was so excited to come in today to talk about the team. So anyway, it's good to be back And uh, right here on 89.7-445-4234, uh, the number to call. Hopefully I'll be joined by my uh, partner in crime down in Barrington, Mr. Sean Cronin who couldn't make it in the studio today, and that's the magic of radio, folks. You can call in. Now we got Zoom and all these different outlets and, you know, ways to call in and ways to get on. You know, I never thought that when I was a kid that all of a sudden I'd have the opportunity to uh, really enjoy my life as George Jetson. <laughs> so I never thought that I could actually look at a screen and somebody else on the other side. But now, of course, the magic of Zoom and all these other types of uh, uh, virtual programs and so forth. I can even go home today and watch my services online. That's right. So pretty exciting. Anyway, let's get to the Red Sox. And I want Sean to call in about the Red Sox because Sean is my resident Red Sox expert here. And the interesting thing is is that I watched the Red Sox game yesterday against Tampa. Does Tampa ever lose? Now, they did lose one out of the three, I believe, to the Minnesota Twins. But they never lose. Yesterday, the Red Sox had a 7-1 lead Behind Chris Sale, of all people. Sale just didn't have it. They took him out of the game. They got a standing ovation from Chris Sale. And you know Chris Sale. I mean, he's just competitive. Com- say that again 500 times. Competitive as any guy that's out there. And uh, yesterday, he was in trouble. They pulled him out. And the Red Sox blew a 7-1 lead. In the ninth inning, they were up 9-8. to And... Here comes Austin Meadows, and I'm thinking, man, you know, Austin Meadows, he can pop one out and tie the game here because obviously I'm rooting for Tampa because there's no way the Yankees are winning the division now. So the Yankees are playing for a wild card, right? Let's be honest, and so is Boston. So the ball goes off the wall, and Verdugo tries to leap. The ball goes into center field, and Hunter Renfro is nowhere to be found, and here comes the newly acquired Iglesias, who's running out into the middle of center field, and here comes Austin Meadows around third. I'm going, oh, my God, they're going to send him, and they send him. And he scores, and it's 9-9. And suddenly, before you know it, the game's tied. The Rays win it in an extra innings, and it's 11-10 final. And, you know, what are you going to do? The Rays, people say, gee, why are they that good? How come the Rays are this good? They have good ball players. Lau is good. I mean, and Meadows is good, and Yandy is good. And if tell you if if, if uh, Margot played every day, he'd be an all star. He's terrific too, speed and, and they, they're a really good team. And people have to start giving them credit, and they do. But they can say, how do they do this with a you know seventy five million dollar payroll? They scout and they know what they're doing. They understand how to scout. They understand how to get players that they can pay less money to. So I take off my hat to them, even though they drive me crazy, even though Cash drives me crazy with the 40 million pitchers per game and the crazy shifting. I think a lot of what goes on with baseball is attributed to him, quite frankly. I mean, I think the guy is just, uh, you know, he micromanages and he's the king of micromanaging. But they all do this, especially Boone, who decided to give Corey Kluber three and two thirds of an inning. What kind of Mickey Mouse baseball is this? You brought the guy back, and he's like, well, you know, we only wanted to pitch him 66 pitches. I mean, Boone drives me crazy. He drives me bananas. But, I mean, 66 pitches, I mean, come on. At least let the guy pitch five innings for crying out loud. Three and two-thirds of an inning. So here comes the bullpen. We're going to tax the bullpen. Now you have Loise guy out. He can't pitch for 10 days. Chapman is a guy you can't trust. The other day coming into the game two walking somebody and and looking, again, like he lost his fastball control, so he throws sliders. Who else is going to save? Britton gone for the season. So the Yankees are now taxed with the possibility of just having, really, so much an inconsistent bullpen, which they've had all year, but now without the services of their best reliever, Jonathan Loisica. And then we come to the New York Mets, ladies and gentlemen, who had just been playing the Washington Nationals. (laughs) (laughs) And the Miami Marlins forever, ladies and gentlemen, finishing off a five-game series in which the great Edwin Diaz takes the mound again in the ninth inning, proceeds to walk the first guy, and the Mets lose 4-3. You know, the Mets are only a few games out behind the Braves in this horrible National League East. And realistically, they still have a chance. And now they go back down to Miami for more games. So, folks, if you're a Mets fan, uh, just... Do like I'm doing as a Yankee fan. You follow the team every day and you think you're going to make the playoffs. There's obviously a better chance for the Yankees to make the playoffs right now um, than the Mets. But you never know. I mean, the Mets are so far back in the wild card that they have to win the division. But you never know. You never know. But obviously, right now, the biggest loss for the Mets is Brandon Nemo. He's been the most consistent Met all year. He's been really, really consistent. He steals bases. Uh, you know, he plays a good center field. He's really not a natural center fielder, but he's played very well. And he's a guy that is certainly a catalyst for, uh, for the Mets, and they're certainly going to miss him right now. So you never know, but the, you have to win the games. That's it. You have to go out and win. So it doesn't matter what your schedule is, so we'll see how the Mets do. And, uh, and that's really going to be... You know, the whole thing is that you just have to see. You can't predict, and nobody can predict. Like John Sterling, right? You can't predict baseball, Susan, right? So every time you hear that. But that's the truth. You can't predict this game. You know, the Yankees 13 in a row. Now the Yankees have lost 7 out of 9. They look terrible. They look like the old Yankees. And the Red Sox have been so inconsistent all year, too, with their starting pitching and their lineup and their defense has been atrocious. It's amazing. They missed Jackie Bradley Jr. so bad in center field. It's amazing how great that, that outfield was. For the years, they won the World Series in 2018, up to the time that Mookie left. Now, Ben has gone. Of course, JBJ's gone. And JBJ is so good, and they really miss him out in center field. So. But anyway, 413-445-4234. Talk sports here on WTBR 89.7. We are going to take a little bit of a break, and we shall return with more of our WTBR sports talk right after this message.
1: If you've cut the cord and still want to keep in touch with Pittsfield Community Television, PCTV Select is now available on Roku and Apple TV live press conferences city meetings and more are just a click away pittsfield community television is now available without cable with pctv select available on roku and apple tv for more details and for download instructions go to pittsfieldtv.org 89.7 wtbrfm pittsfield Pittsfield Community Television, we have a saying, anyone can learn to create television. With the support of trained production staff, we can teach you how to professionally operate a camcorder, use editing software to tell a story, work as a team in a production studio, and take those skills into the community. If you've been curious as to how video production works, we'd love to have you as a member. Visit us online at pittsfieldtv.org or call us at 445-4234 for more information.
0: Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. We had a little technical difficulty there. <laughs> button, button, who's got the button? Anyway, welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker with you again on a Tuesday morning. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy Rosh Hashanah for anybody celebrating like myself. It's right now, it's uh, 1020 right here on WTBR 445 4234. And uh, the number to call. So, uh, anyway, if you want to call in, ah, we got a caller. Hang on one second here. All right. Are you there, caller?
3: Robbie, what's happening?
0: Hey, buddy? Ralph, how you doing, brother? How's it sound? Oh, it all right. Great.
3: You know, I just caught some of your uh, monologue there. I didn't catch most of it, but I heard you talking about the, the the woes of the Yankees, and you know, it's a it's a rough situation when they're so inconsistent. How do you feel as a fan, just uh, game in and game out? I know that. You have your way of playing baseball and they have their way of playing baseball, Rob. You know, it doesn't necessarily coincide, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, Ralph, you know, and by the way, this is my my dear friend, Ralph Romeo. Thank you for calling in, Ralph. I really appreciate it. And a fine talent, a wonderful actor, a great coach, a wonderful guy, and uh, an amazing guy who's in great shape. So if you know, how to not be in shape and talk to this man. He will tell you. <laughs> and my buddy, my buddy Ralph, does a radio show on WP. Is it all right to plug? <laughs> so,
3: yeah, well, you know, if you want to, you know, I can do it. I can do it because I, I know the nights and the times. I didn't call for that. I just want to like, no, you know. No, I know. I understand. That's fine. You mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, well, right now it's uh, Monday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Okay. Eastern time and, and Friday at 4 p.m. All now right. It's WP, and it's WPAT 930 AM com or WPAT 930 AM on the radio dial.
0: There you go. And Pat, right, as, as in your mom, right? So, Pat, yes, yes, perfect, yes. perfect for call letters. So, anyway, yeah, about the Yankees. You know, I the problem I have is you took away the speed and you took a left side of the infield, which was having fun and, you know, stealing bases, and all of a sudden they were playing exciting baseball, and you went back to regurgitating to the old, you know, base-to-base, station-to-station Yankees, and now Glaber Torres playing short, which is just the biggest mistake in the world. I mean, this guy can't play shortstop. The pomposity, <laughs> the, the ridiculousness of Brian Cashman. I'll let you comment, though, about baseball and the, what you feel about it. So,
3: Well, when you're talking about Torres, you just see him. Any baseball person can look at him for five minutes and see that's not a shortstop. You know, you put a guy out of position, you're going to get uh, a situation at the plate where he's thinking about playing the field. He's not going to play up to far. That's just the way it works out. Uh, as far as the way they put, you know, you, you, you're absolutely right. They, the way they played for a while was just winning baseball. But why, Rob, why do you think they reverted back to this, this modern style of home run or nothing?
0: Well, I think they played a really good team in Oakland. I also think the lineup. I mean, Joey Gallo batting second? <laughs> Willie Randolph, okay. Derek Jeter, okay. Uh, Joey Gallo. I mean, I don't get it. I'm, I am don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. Like, Can you imagine Dave Kingman batting second? How does this make sense? Ridiculous. That's, I
3: mean, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, They have Aaron Judge batting second, or they used to. Now they got this strikeout king, uh, Gallo. It's a home run or nothing. The second hitter, you know, I'm thinking about contact in the past who moved that runner along. It doesn't work that way anymore.
0: Yeah, what about contact? The biggest problem with the Yankees is contact. And And I think the numbers in the Baltimore series, which is so embarrassing, one for 21 between Gallo, Judge, and Stanton. Uh, with a multitude of strikeouts. I mean, the problem I have with Cashman, this is just so funny, too, to me. He goes, they, everybody's yep. complaining they need lefties. I complain they need lefties. But they didn't need another lefty that strikes out a million times. I know. So they got I Rizzo. Know. So they went and got Rizzo, right? And now even Rizzo's having to – but Rizzo, you know, I love Rizzo because what did he do yesterday? The Yankees are down 3 nothing. He butchered boys the ball down the left field line on the shift. Why can't people do this? I'm sick and tired of the excuse, oh, we can't hit against the shift. Oh, it's too hard. Guys are throwing 100 miles an hour. Please, please, can we stop this?
3: Advocate. I'll play devil's advocate on that one. You know why they never learned how to do it? You know, you can't get a guy in the big leagues who never did it once in the minor leagues, they say uh, – and tell him, you know, go the other way. Or hit down on the ball the other way, you'll run forever. It just doesn't work because these guys are not trained for that
0: type of thing. Exactly. I mean, they don't know how to bunt. I'm watching the Red Sox game yesterday, and Christian Vasquez pops the ball up and tries to bunt two guys over to try to get the Red Sox to uh, come back in the game. And he pops the ball up and tries to push the bat to the ball. You have to catch the bat, you know, catch the ball with the bat. And that's what they don't do. They try to push the bat to the ball, and they pop up. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I would. Well, ha- you know, yeah. back in
3: 1923, when I played ball, <laughs> I, they, they, I actually, you know, after it, uh, at the end of your batting practice session, you had to lay down five, six bunts, and it wasn't just routine. You really had to lay down those bunts and learn how to bunt. It's part of the game. Phil Rizzuto's dead, and I guess the bun went the with him.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's true. You're absolutely right. I got to ask you about your experience with Larry Doby uh, growing yep. up. But yeah, just tell, fill me in a little bit because it's I find well, it really here's interesting. Here's
3: guy game. who gets no pub for being the first uh, African American American League player. You hear Jackie Robinson, rightfully so. The right. I was, you know, he broke barriers like no other, but. Uh, Larry Doby ran into just as much racism as Jackie did, and growing up, he was, um, he just, he was on the older side, and he just was getting uh, through with his coaching career, but he gave me some tips on hitting that took me through my you know, short career, and he was a fabulous guy, very low-key, very, very nice man. Just a, just a pleasure to be around a, a wonderful man Patterson New Jersey
0: yep Native. yep I remember my my, my old uh, babysitter when I was a kid my nurse would take care of me from Patterson and we would drive through Patterson when I was a kid and it was it was really a tough neighborhood I mean really scary neighborhood tough. oh man so I, can't... I grew
3: I grew up in what they call the hood but we never knew any better that's all we knew you know it was all the all the I hate to get this way on your sports show but all the races kind of got along. We never thought twice about it. Right,
0: of course not. Absolutely. I mean, there was nothing that you know, everybody was looking at each other like they were people and you know not uh, and not uh, you know looking at each other like they were from aliens from another planet. I, I agree. It's uh, it was the same well, thing for me.
3: Right now it's, you know, 61 years later. I'm in Patterson, New Jersey right now.
0: Oh no. So. Oh you're at, Oh you're at Mom's? Okay. No,
3: well, here, you know, I don't know if you know, I, you know, as you know, I got, I got married. I know you told me Mazel (laughs) uh, We moved, we moved, my mother had to relocate and we moved into my mother's place for a short time, so I'm, I'm pretty much at the place where I started from.
0: <laughs> wow! There you go. You and Andrew Velasquez, right? There you go. Well, your <laughs> wife is go- your wife is gorgeous, man. Tell her I say hi. All right, so I will. I will. Uh, uh, She's
3: listening to you right now. She's oh, got the radio on. Hey there. <laughs> See,
0: her, her, her,
3: name, her name is her name is Cindy.
0: Oh, Cindy, that's right. Hey, Cindy, how you doing? Nice to talk to you. I know I'll, I'll do all those silly voices for you. <laughs> but, hey, hey,
3: Let me let me just tell you. Let me tell your listeners how. Uh, you know if you, you know I tuned into your monologue and you never know how somebody I had never really heard you at length on the radio other than a caller on a on a competitive station there but right right I I heard I heard you do it I said there's a guy who should be working regularly on a big-time radio station somewhere in the New York area but you know talent doesn't necessarily coincide with uh, employment Ex-
0: absolutely I, yeah absolutely I agree it's funny I was <laughs> it was I was talking to Patty Boyle, you know, who produces overnights uh, and, and during the day for WFAN in New York, and he did a show from 2 o'clock in the morning till 5 a couple weeks ago, and he says to me, Rob, where the hell were you, man? I said, you were on? You told me you were doing a show, but when he was he? He goes, it was 2 to 5 in the morning. I said, oh, my God, I was sleeping. No wonder I didn't catch your show. So,
3: <laughs> Well, you know, that station is so popular. They can turn on the phone lines, Rob, any time of the day or night. They're deluged with calls. It doesn't even matter. They have so many... Listeners, it's incredible oh, I know. that that station is still, even though how how um, it's not quite what it was before. They still gather all those listeners.
0: It's amazing. I uh, was talking to Steve Summers last night. He had Jerry Seinfeld on, so oh, I called. Yes, right, yeah, yes. So I called, so I called Summers up. And I've been talking to Steve as long as Jerry's been talking about thirty four years. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I call up Steve. He's like, "Rob is calling from Lennox, Massachusetts." <laughs> And Steve I go, "Hello, Summers," which he didn't get the sub reference either. Then I said right. th- then I said to him, I said, "Steve, do you know what Dixie what Dixie Walker said when he was traded to the to Pittsburgh in uh in, in 1947?" I said, "You know what he said?" And Steve's like, "No." And I said, "He said, "I'm going to be a pirate." He also didn't get that <laughs> sub reference from Jerry Seinfeld either.
3: Well, you know something for somebody who's so witty as Summers is. He's he's getting up there though in age. Maybe he doesn't catch on. It's, it's surprising. I used to get him on the on the uh, on the air and throw a few at him. If I did uh, theater references or movie references, he was on top of it. Some sports references, he had no idea what I was talking
0: about. So. <laughs> and you see, I used to, he used to say, "Okay, Rob, in your Marv Albert voice, let's get this WFN update." You know, and like, so I would do Marv Albert for him and a couple other voices and stuff. But uh,
3: well, you, know, I haven't called him in years. You should call if him. I called me, fall off. He'd fall off his chair. I just don't listen to the – my schedule's changed so much that I don't listen sure. to the radio at that time. When is he on?
0: He was Well, he took a vacation for a little while. He was back on the air last night, so I figured I'd say hello. What's
3: the time frame, though? The time usually usually
0: on he's track. on 10 o'clock or usually after after the games, like after the Yankee games he'll come on and do his show from like 10 to 2, so that's when he's usually on also, the air. They
3: had somebody else at
0: 6.30. Oh, okay. Do they?
3: No, no, I'm asking. Do they oh, have everybody
0: yeah, else at 6.30? Well, they've been, fill, yeah, they've been filling in some gaps you know, during the holiday season. Like, uh, uh, I know um, uh, Pete Hoffman's been filling in with uh, Flegal Man. They've been doing some morning stuff. And,
3: yeah, you had got all the board ops getting their own radio. Yeah, radio. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I went there. Just, so, just because you can run a board doesn't necessarily mean you can run a <laughs> microcode. You
0: know? Yeah, I know. It's funny. And the, the funny. The other thing was, I talked to Ricky Ricardo the other night. Ricky Ricardo for Super Jewelers. <laughs> I said to Ricky, Ricky sounds like you know, he's a soundproof booth the entire time. He is one of the nicest people I have ever talked to. He is,
3: he is really... Desi Arnaz is a great guy. He's he really ju- Oh, is.
0: he's great. And, I'm, I'm
3: kidding, but you know you know what Desi. it is with, with him? He, he has some... He has that voice that will move mountains.
0: Yes, he and does. And
3: sometimes these guys with the great voices, they don't even... They don't treasure them like they used to treasure them. You know, he has a wonderful voice. He has a -a one-of-a-kind voice, that guy. He
0: does. And we were talking about Art Rush Jr., my late friend who was on WABC for years and, and of course, on WBLS. So I was telling him how I used to talk to Art. So what happened was I told him a story about Art. I had called Art one night. I was in high school. And we were talking about a Yankee player. I won't mention him. You probably know who it, who it might be. Mm. But but this guy's hurt all the time. And I said to Art, what's going on with this guy? He's always hurt. He never plays. And, and Art said, well, he said, well, his big toe. He's like, well, Rob, let me tell you something. You know, he said, uh, he yeah, said, well, yeah. he wants to be 100% and make sure he's okay on the field. So the first time I met Art in person, I said I asked him the same question. And Art said, ah, that guy won't play with an effing bunny on his foot.
3: <laughs> no, you see? What they really feel as opposed to what they say. exactly. Two different, different stories. You know, I, I, I long for the days when these guys come on the air and just uh, speak their mind. That's the one reason. I don't want to talk about other hosts the whole time. This is your show. But no, it's that's fine. That's the one reason I used to prefer Dog over Francesca because Dog would tell you how he felt. Whereas Francesco was always framing it to make him look good, you know? Right, exactly. Make
0: himself look good, I should say. I like Francesco. Yeah. But he's, he he, used to, he always does that thing where he breathes. Like, I know G and I, he just goes, <sighs> oh, God. into the microphone. <laughs> he, he, sound,
3: he sounds as though he's having a cardiac on the air <laughs> once in a while.
0: Let's talk about the Mets. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I, I, I got to ask you about the Mets, because yesterday, boy, yeah. Edwin Diaz, as soon as he wa- comes in, he walks a guy like, here we oh. go again. Oh.
3: Well, you know, well, I'll tell you. I give you my scenario. Because I, I know you're a Met fan. know you're
0: so that's why. So yeah,
3: yeah. For as much as I watch the the team anymore, because frankly, I don't care anymore. You, you know that, and I I, I know. Hate to say that because this, you know, your show is all about sports, but you got a bunch of multi millionaires running around chasing a ball doesn't seem to do it for me anymore. But uh, the Mets. Here's the thing. Understand. They they don't have an identity, and that's sometimes overplayed, sometimes. But in their case, it's actually true. They they just don't. They got guys trying to hit the long ball. You know, what else is new? And they don't play the game the way they used to play the game. Uh, Jeff McNeil, who was, he looked like Rod Carew his first uh, year <laughs> right, and Right, exactly right. He, he, he reverted to a guy trying to hit home runs. His average dropped about 60 points. He's hes a shadow of what, what he once was. They don't know how to play the game the way their, uh, their team is cut out. Uh, you know, they're not home run hitters, but yet they're swinging. You know, for the downs every single time.
0: It's kind of like what Lemayo's been doing. I mean, Lemayo hit what three forty last year. I don't count last year as a real year anyway. But guy's the year, a great before, hitter, though. but the year, yeah, but, but the year. year What's he
3: doing this year? He's in
0: two sixty-five. And you want to know why? And what, what do you what do you see as his problem? He's pulling the ball too much. He's, and the other he's pulling the ball too much. He's trying to swing for the fences. So he's striking out more than he did last year. And he's not going to the opposite field. I mean, he really is better when he goes to right center. You know, he's the guy who takes the ball where it's pitched. He hasn't done that as much this year. And the other thing, too, is that he's grounding out into a million double plays. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, it's just – and then when they were winning, like I said, when they were winning, they were able to steal some bases, have some influx of speed with Tyler Wade. I mean, Tyler Wade – I mean, what do they think he's a leper? He's, you know, he's batting 275. Yeah. He's actually had a pretty good year. And the thing is, when yeah. he gets on base, he, he tried to bunt for a base hit the other day. Ah, the bunt, like we talked about. But he tried right. to bunt. But the thing is, is that I'll say this a million times: the Yankees have not had a legitimate leadoff hitter since Johnny Damon. Okay, they have no speed at the top of the lineup. He puts Gallo second and Gio Urshela last, and then he bats. Yeah. He bats Gardner, who's like 49 years old now, and bats him eighth. I don't... I, like You know what? It's funny. I was listening to another station yesterday, and the host was talking about how he said he really didn't have time to interview the computer that just pulled out the sheet now to give to Boone down in fax machine to send him down who's going to be in the lineup. I mean, oh, I mean, there's no autonomy for managers anymore. I can't stand it. This this whole analytics thing, and I could write a book on this thing, which I was starting to write a book on how much I hate analytics. It was going to be called, Where Have You Gone, Cal Ripken? Why I Can't Stand well, Analytics. Well, you know, here's,
3: here's my theory yeah. on that, Rob. You yeah. know, it, it serves a purpose to a certain extent, but it's not everything. The, the eye, you know, it does serve a purpose. I understand so much, that. I
0: understand, you know.
3: So many more things on the, uh, at hand than they used to have. That's probably a good thing, but of course they overuse everything. To me, the eye test is the best. You know, you see a guy... Now, here's what they would do in present-day baseball. A guy um, is hot as hell. Maybe he's... Uh, six for his last ten, he's on fire, right? Right. Just because of just because of these stats against a certain pitcher, the righty-lefty situation, whatever the case may be, they will lift him. A manager these days will lift him, and they'll put in somebody cold off the bench when this guy's on fire. When the guy's hitting like that, man, you get him up there in the box and you let him you let him do his thing because that's he's seeing the ball well. But they don't see it that way. They play the percentages all the
0: time. I know, it's always about percentage and the interesting thing is like, I see these stats, it's like, you know, player hitting 230 with 15 home runs and 75 runs batted and hitting, you know, there was a guy the other day with like like 30 home runs and like 97 runs batted and hitting like 235 I mean, mm. and the and the launch angle garbage and the exit velocity do you think I really care about how fast the ball gets nobody, out?
3: I mean, nobody of our age cares, that's for sure <laughs> go, go, ask, go ask Pete, you know, I saw Pete Rose interviewed as. As bullheaded as he is, pigheaded, he, oh, right. Yeah, right, he, right. Said, he <laughs> said, "You know what you could do with your and analy- an- your an- analysis. You can stick it where the sun don't shine."
0: Exactly. You know? I mean, it's, I mean, it's not. It's a hard game to play, but it really is a simple game. I go back to the, you know, Vince Lombardi, you know, uh, quotes about you know being a simple game. I mean, you hit the ball, yeah. you run, and you field. I mean, they've turned this into just insanity. And and the well, sh-
3: But the worst thing as a baseball player, in particular, it's so psychological. Is think too much. You just you know some of these hitters they don't know how they do it, they just react they just, some of these great hitters they't they just react, they just do it right. you're not in there if you're standing in the box and you're thinking about keeping the shoulders down, keeping your head down, watching this st- you know all this bo- all this baloney, you're not you're going to be thinking too much before you know it you have a split. Second to make a decision as to whether to to swing or take the pitch, where you want to drive the pitch. You know, there's so many things that go into it. You have to just—that's what practice is for. Once game rolls around, you got to just react.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, Bernie Williams talked about that. I heard Bernie on radio uh, last year, I guess. And Bernie was talking Mm -hmm. about they said how he's so successful in the clutch in the playoffs. He says I have the ability to relax in the box. You know, basically had the ability just to, you know. Think about nothing, and just think about absolutely nothing except for when that pitch was coming. And I think that's
3: as an actor, you know, I don't bring this this, up today. If you're not relaxed, you're you're useless. Right? You can't you can't react properly. You're not in the moment. It's the
0: same thing in the batter's box. Exactly. I mean, being, you know, I, yeah, absolutely, being an actor. But, you know, we're both, you know, doing acting, that's absolutely correct. I, I agree 100%, you know, getting into character. Don't you love
3: the guys that are relaxed? Don't you love the guys like, remember, remember Carew in the box? Oh, my Cindy God, God. In
0: fantastic. In the box, he looked like he was falling asleep. But then he was just spring. <laughs> when, he, when, he uncoiled, when he uncoiled with that swing, it was as beautiful as anything oh, any I've ever seen. Of course, and he can do a great haftora portion, too. <laughs> <laughs> He was Jewish. There's yeah, I you know that's why I said he could great, right, that's why I said he could do a great half portion. Him and Elliot Maddox. <laughs> Remember Elliot Maddox, too, right? All right, the
3: great. Sammy Davis Jr. never played baseball. What
0: happened? There? I don't know, man. You know what can I do? H, you know it is what it is, pal. You. Know? <laughs> hey, how long are you on today? I'm on till eleven o'clock. I'm going to uh, get my buddy Sean. and He's going to talk about Boston uh, Red Sox baseball. So, but uh, yeah, man, I you know I appreciate you know you calling, man. It's so nice to be. Oh no doubt. God you know, bless, I buddy. I can,
3: get, I can get your show where I can get it. What, day, what days are you on?
0: I'm on Tuesdays right now at 10. I hope to get more okay. time. I'd love to get more time. I really would because I really enjoy it. It's nice to be back. Well, in
3: you're a... going to have to uh, tune in tonight at 8 o'clock. I'll throw it around political, and I'll make a few enemies tonight.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it, Rob. Oh, my God. I appreciate it so much, Ralph. We love you, and uh, send my best to Cindy, and give you a hug to your mom. I really appreciate it, all right? Will do. Will do. All right, Thank pal. You, you got it. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, the great Ralph Romeo, he is amazing, my, one of my favorite people. Great acting coach. I worked with him in New York City, and he was amazing. And uh, anyway, we're going to take a little bit break, and hopefully we'll hear from Mr. Cronin about the Red Sox and some other things. So, Sean, if you're listening out there, uh, please call in. We're going to take a timeout for this message, and then we'll be back with more of WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 WTBR. And you just mind your P's and Q's, buster, and remember who you're dealing with. WTBR.
2: Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the Donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support.
0: Hey, bud. (laughs) Let's party. (laughs) WTBR.
1: Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial
0: interruption. Impressive. Most impressive.
1: TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight, Saturday, at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast.
2: Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young Tigers and old Lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 WTBR, 413 4234 Robbie Zucker with you on a Tuesday, and uh, just good to be back right here. And the beautiful WTBR studios, if you have not been down here, please come down and check it out. It's amazing, and, uh, and if you want to contribute to WTBR, you can always go online and uh, check out the... Uh, all the podcasts and everything else. So we're going to hear from Sean Cronin, hopefully. Uh, Sean, if you're out there, you can call right in. So, uh, all right, brother. It's uh, 413-445-4234. We thank Ralph Romeo for joining us. He's an amazing guy and an incredible talent. And uh, you can definitely catch his show sometime down at WPAT in uh, in, uh in new york it's a great show and there's a lot of subjects that he talks about so nothing much but sports but everything else but you can pretty much talk about everything else you want to talk about so ralph thanks a million it was really a joy to talk to you and uh, especially being on the air all the times i called you so it's really nice to actually have you call me and, uh, and I, I appreciate the compliments all the time seriously i really do appreciate what will put me in the graveyard shift right i can imagine being down in new york and i actually interviewed many many years ago uh, at the fan in new york when they were actually at the old kaufman astoria building in queens and I went downstairs and was like, get smart, you know. <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, it was like you walk all the way down these stairs and take these elevators to the bottom floor. And it really is kind of a creepy, spooky place in uh, in the story of Queens. So, anyway, 445-4234, area code 413-445-4234 uh, to talk sports. We have about 15 minutes left in our show. And then, um, and then it's... Uh, Um, music more here on WTBR. There's a lot of great programming. I I happen to uh, listen to the jazz show on Saturday nights. And if you haven't listened to Berkshire jazz, it is really a joy. I did a jazz program for many, many years and I'm jazz collector. And uh, it's quite a a good program. A lot of great classic jazz and uh, everything from Coltrane and Miles to uh, Dexter Gordon. I mean, Gene Ammons, you name it. So he, he he runs the gamut on jazz on uh, Saturday night. So a great show. So tune into uh, Berkshire Jazz on Saturdays right here on WTBR 89.7. So much great programming. You can go to the website and check out all the podcasts. And uh, it's a great staff down here, great people. And uh, stop down here at WTBR. It's uh, incredible. I mean, they play so much amazing stuff. It's uh, kind of like when I was a kid growing up with all the uh, amazing uh, – uh, album-oriented rock, and they have, like, tons of albums here. I think they moved 10,000 albums when they redid the station down here. It was pretty incredible. So I just want to have a couple of minutes about talking about the um, the upcoming NFL season. Thursday night, of course, uh, Tom Brady returns uh, from his championship uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. and uh, I was going to look at some of the schedules, uh, the Giants and the Patriots and the Jets, if I have a few minutes. We're still waiting for Sean to call in. Sean, if you want to call in, you are more than welcome to, my friend. So uh, I was going over schedules last night from uh, from the uh from from the Giants and the Jets and the Patriots so I'm turning my pages here as I as I flip on information you know, I didn't even bring my computer I said you know what I'm just going to write them down the old-fashioned way so that's what I did so I'm going to look at the Giants schedule right now I picked the Giants to go nine and eight here's why and it's truly the biggest problem and that is the offensive line The offensive line of this team has been garbage for a long time. Why Dave Gettleman was fascinated with Andrew Thomas, I have no idea. I wanted Mekhi Becton, the offensive lineman from uh, from Louisville, and the Jets chose him. He's a beast. He's a huge guy. And Thomas has been a disaster the last couple of years, and I'm hoping that they can straighten this kid out and teach this kid how to block, how to use his hands, how to use his feet, and so forth. So, anyway, four one three four four five four two three four. 4234 just waiting for Sean Cronin to call in. My partner in crime here is away down in Barrington today doing his thing, and uh, he said he's going to give me a a, a, a buzz. So, uh, anyway, we'll we'll uh, go back and see what's going on, go back to the phone lines, and hoping that we get a call from him. I just pushed the button on the drop line, Sean, so hopefully he'll call in, but... Uh, Here's looking at the Giants' schedule. We're looking at the Denver Broncos. An interesting start. I have them losing to the Broncos at home. Why? Because of two guys, basically Chubb, and uh, and obviously uh, they they are going to have to stop him. And and the thing is, is that you know this line has been so bad and uh, for the last couple of years. So here's here's the. Um, Here's the situation. Then they play Washington on the road, okay? I have another loss, so 0-2. Then they're home against the Falcons. I have them winning that game. On the road against the Saints, I have them losing that game. On the road against the Cowboys, I have them losing that game. At home against the Rams, I decide, okay, I'm going to give the Rams uh, a win. Oh, here's Sean. Let's hold on and see if he's there, folks. Mr. Cronin, are you there, sir? Finally. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's like it's tough to get through here. This is a popular station, my friend. <laughs> I've trying to get through all morning. It's like I've been trying to like, win one of Well away. no, I had I had I had, had my buddy Ralph Romeo I, <laughs> I know I had my buddy Ralph Romeo on from New York, uh, at, at WPAT, so I had him on this morning for a little bit and we were talking about everything under the sun, about sports and everything else. So uh, but anyway, so uh, how you doing, man? I, how you feeling?
1: I got to say, I feel bad for your buddy they are working at 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. radio
0: station. Well, you know, he's a board operator. He's a producer. So, I mean, any shift that he can take is good. You know what I'm saying? You know, any shift that you... any Look, I would take the 2 to 5 right now. You know, I honestly, I would. I mean, just to be able to go uh, down to New York and, and uh, be on the air. But, no, up here, it's nice. It's fine. It's a 30-second commute from my home. You know, my house is a stone's throw, basically, from here. So, it's kind of nice, actually. So, all right, so let me get your opinion on the Red Sox and then also the Patriots. we got about 10 minutes here, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can get, you know, more people to call and, you know, extend the show. Maybe one of these days it would be nice to actually maybe have a, a couple of hours during the week or maybe have a two-hour show, you know, depending on how many callers I get. If they'll allow me, if they don't throw me out of here first. So, uh, anyway, I'll get your thoughts on the Pats and the Red Sox, especially the game yesterday. Sure,
1: the Red Sox. Uncle COVID decided to pay the locker room a visit. You know, they now have 12 players have ended up on the COVID injured list. And guys have been left in Tampa. Guys have been left in at pretty much every city across the United States where so they played the last couple weeks. Amazing. In I mean, we brought in Jose Iglesias. <laughs> traded in 2013. You could have brought in
0: Julio Iglesias. It would have been worse, right? So,
1: And, I mean, he couldn't stick on the Angels roster. That should tell you all you need to know right there. Right. And we got guys coming up named Cutter Crawford making spot starts. <laughs> guys I've never heard of. I mean, they're fielding a team. Jack Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Arauz. Guys that, you know, I follow their system pretty closely. And, they're, I mean, it's, they're, the numbers that these guys have are, are, are brutal at best. And that's who we're fielding for a starting lineup right now. I mean, COVID has just been brutal. But the regulars in the lineup, like, Alex Verdugo, Hunter Renfro yesterday. Four errors in the game yesterday. It was, that was pathetic. Yeah, I watched it was that. A, it was a pathetic embarrassment. And Chris Sales got a 7-1 lead. He's cruising. Then all of a sudden, infield singles and wall balls. and just They're throwing the ball around worse than my high school team did. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was just ugly and embarrassing to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I watched the game yesterday after I after the Yankee debacle and uh, turned on the game, and they and they were 7-1. I'm like, all right, well, the Yankees are going to be behind the Red Sox now. And suddenly, before you know it, you know, Tampa scores five runs, and it's now, uh, you know, it's now, uh, you know, 7-5. And then you go to the ninth thing. How in the world can the Red Sox continue to use Adam Adovino? I'll get your thoughts.
1: Well, as you called him Mr. Sliders. You yeah, know, Mr. Sliders,
0: he, right. He said
1: to me the other day, I mean, he – the guy, he can't throw strikes. I mean, when he throws a fastball, he'll hit ninety six, ninety seven. He can throw up for strikes, but he feels like he's got to throw eight sliders to each batter, and it's it. But they can't rely on Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is no, always the same as he is every year. He's good the first half, and he blows up in the second half. Right, I mean, right. Their bullpen has been just brutal all year, and and we and we, we bring in two relievers at the trade deadline, Hanzo Robles and Austin Davis, both of whom. <laughs> have ERAs over five, it, it, it's bad.
0: It's amazing, too, because we're, I, we're, we're looking yeah.
1: at a one-game play-in game. It looks like it's you know destined for Garrett Cole and Chris Sale, which let's just hope at this point we, we have that happen, because the Yankees and Red Sox both have the Mariners, Oakland and Toronto, you know... Right there. How good this, is Toronto this,
0: playing right now? How good is Toronto? Get imagine them with an actual pitching staff with Robbie Ray p- pitching the way he is now, and then you add a couple of more pitchers like the kid yesterday was terrific against the Yankees. So I, you know, Hinjin Rayu who yep. they got from the Dodgers. Group. Yep. Yeah. Va- yeah. Vaughn. Vaughn. Uh, what's his name? Was the, Vaughn? Uh, who's the guy with Denver? He was the guy I was thinking of before. Um, you know, from the, from the Broncos, I was trying to mention before. But I'll get your thoughts about the Patriots after. But yeah. um, it's amazing to me uh, how uh, you know the Red Sox have been just as inconsistent as the Yankees all season, up and down, and up and down, and up and down. And this COVID thing has really hit hard with them, and it did with the Yankees as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, the, to me, the Red Sox are you know, I don't know. It's like, will the real Yankees please stand up? It's like, will the real Red Sox please? And the Red Sox defense has been so bad. How much do they miss JBJ? Uh, how much do they miss Bradley in the outfield? It's amazing. I, I just I mean, can't.
1: For Duke. Dugo had two wall balls yesterday, yep. you know, that he, he jumped up for. And, and the second one, uh, you know, Renfro and J.D. Martinez were nowhere to be found. Back them up. Jose Iglesias had to run in from short time. Yeah, I saw. And, and and then he throws the ball, I don't know, you know, 50 feet into the stands, wherever he threw it. It was awful. <laughs> but J.B.J., I was watching that game yesterday, said he would have made both of those plays. I would trade... Verdugo's defense for a 187 hitter. I think that's what Bradley's hitting with Milwaukee. But oh, my defense, God. It can't be replaced. It's
0: irreplaceable. Well, I always tell you about defense. Like I said, with the with the Yankees and Glaber Torres, I mean, I don't care if Velasquez hits 220. If he plays great defense, and I said, you know, you can go back in the history of baseball and you can start with, like, guys like Marty Marion with the Cardinals or Johnny Logan with the Braves or Mark Belanger when I was a kid with the Orioles and guys that were you know great defensive shortstops and were light hitters I mean Dave Concepcion when I was a kid with the Big Red Machine in Cincinnati these guys weren't power hitters these guys weren't driving in you know 85-90 RBIs a year they were great defensive shortstops they were able to play defense and you know it seems like defense has just become a misnomer when it comes to baseball I mean it's just been left behind and you know I'm, I'm about great defense I mean that's really what I feel is the most important thing in baseball baseball, is great pitching and great defense, you know, so hitting comes and goes, you know.
1: If you guys are going to have Glaver Torres a shortstop, you might as well put Chuck Knobloch in shortstop.
0: Right. <laughs> remember Knobloch and his throwing problems? Oh, my God. He and Steve, he and he, what's he his probably name? probably
1: would have been better as a shortstop because he threw it 15 feet into the stands every time from second base. So yeah, yeah,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, I know. It's That was crazy. Remember, I, I, he had those throwing problems. I, I totally remember that, so. But, uh, yeah, so where do you see the Red Sox and the Yankees finishing? Do you see the Red Sox finishing in front? Do you, th- do you see the Yankees uh, not making the playoffs? Are the Red Sox not play- making the playoffs? or Toronto making a run? or Oakland making a run? I mean, I'm just kind of curious what you think. So,
1: But uh, the next eight games for the Red Sox are going to be very telling because we have two left with Tampa. Then we go on a road trip to Chicago for three with the White Sox and then out to the West Coast for three with the Mariners. Wow. We come back, we still play the Rays- or not the Rays, excuse me, the Orioles six more times, and we have a series with the Nationals who are bottom feeders. So it's if the Red Sox can do what you need to do to make the playoffs, which is you beat up on bad teams, then they'll have a shot. But if they don't, then obviously they're not going to make it.
0: Right. Ask as the, as you know, the Yankees they, how they, they fare. It's all about
1: getting their guys back healthy. Right. Ask the Yankees. You know, I mean, what's 10 days off going to do to a guy like Bogarts and a guy like Kiki Hernandez with their timing at the plate? I mean...
0: That's right. They didn't have Kiki exercise. yesterday.
1: They're, they're right. going to want him right back. And, I mean, that's 10 days of just sitting in a hotel room. I mean, they can't go anywhere.
0: I know. I know the feeling. Trust me. I can't, you know, they had Kiki, right? That's right. He's been hurt. That's right. So, I have. I didn't see him play yesterday either. So, that's right. He's been out too. So, man, it's unbelievable. I know. Well. You know, I hope everybody gets healthy and stuff. The Yankees have a tough schedule. They have to play the Red Sox again. They have to play uh, another series against Tampa at the end of the season. They have to play another series against Toronto, I believe, up in Toronto. And Toronto's playing really well. They're on a roll. I'm serious. They're they're a damn fun team to watch. They really Vladimir
1: Guerrero just hit his 40th home run yesterday. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. Hey, I want I mean, to get your... you th- think yeah. the,
1: MVP, the MVP race is obviously down to him and Shohei Otani? I think Otani is going to, you know going to run away with it. it? Why
0: would he run away with it? This MVP thing with Otani, I mean, yeah, he's got great numbers, but, but the most valuable, they don't have a difference. You know, in the NHL, they have the Rocket Richard uh, you know, trophy for uh, most goals, and they have the Hart Trophy for MVP. They had to change that because to me, he's not the most valuable. The most valuable right now to me is is Vladdy Guerrero. So, and uh, and and Simeon definitely too as well. But I got to get your thoughts real quick about three minutes left about the Pats. I have the Pats going eleven and six this year, and I have the Giants going nine and eight. So, and I have the Jets winning like four games or five games. So, that's pretty much where I stand with the Pats, though. But I think the Pats will be back. I really do.
1: I think if Mac Jones can just limit the mistakes, they'll be worlds better than Cam Newton just rolling out of bed. Is Mac Jones can actually complete a forward pass. And, you know, they upgraded the tight end position. They brought in two of the best tight ends in football. They brought in Nelson Aguilar, who I think is an overrated, third, excuse me, underrated. underrated yeah. Yeah, me too. They have 15 running backs in the room. I mean, I think in their defense, <laughs> their front seven is stacked. I see 11 and 6 in, in a wild card burst.
0: Yeah, I do. I, think I really Buffalo do. It's
1: still, still the class of that division.
0: Yeah, but they play Buffalo tough. Every time they play Buffalo, they play them well at home and well on the road. They've done that a lot of years in a row. And, they, and I agree with you. I think the Patriots are going to have a good year simply because their defense is very good. And now with the ability to run, I, I think they put Mac Jones in a position where he doesn't have to throw more than 20, 25 times and they run the ball with efficiency and play defense. I, I agree with you. I, I think the Pats are going to be back and I certainly think they're, they're a formidable foe when they make the playoffs, you know, with Belichick and also too with his schemes. I mean, you've seen what he does. He prepares you know, before a game for any team in a different way. We've seen him prepare for for a team that's poor against the run. We've seen him prepare for a team that's poor against the pass. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, I think they're going to have a good year. I really do. So,
1: and and uh, you know, Belichick. It was kind of telling at his press conference the other day. They asked him about Mac and Cam, and he declined to talk about Cam. And all he said was, "Mac does the things we want to do, and he does them well."
0: Absolutely. I mean, you, me, I'm a Bam- I'm a Bama fan. So
1: Belichick included at its finest.
0: Like, yeah, right exactly yeah you know you don't get usually too much from belichick checking out know, that frowning you know the monotone and uh, yeah, we, yeah we got to do some
1: things better uh, we did some things well but there's a lot to improve on and,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> you know the si- yeah well silence sometimes is golden with him you know he doesn't give you a whole lot of press conference but let's face it the guy's the most prepared coach in, in the national football league so yeah anyway man i hope you're back in studio next week so i hope dad's getting better and uh just give him my best and everything and uh and uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting better. So things are things are much better than they were for a few weeks. Absolutely. So, I look anyway, forward to
1: seeing you next week. Absolutely,
0: buddy. All right, thanks for calling. All right, I'll, t- okay. I'll talk to you soon. All right, all right, all the best. Bye. Thanks. Okay, bye bye. That's my uh, partner in crime there, Sean Cronin, and uh, talking about the Pats and talking about the. Uh, and about the, pay, uh, the Patriots and the Red Sox. Anyway, that's going to wrap up a lot for uh, WTBR Sports Talk. We'll be back next week on Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Please tune in, and as always, thanks for tuning in, and everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next week right here on WTBR Sports Talk at 89.7 FM in Pittsfield. <laughs>